0: Welcome, Dirty Peasants, to Wartwood Gazette, the Amphibia Podcast. This is episode 35, and this week we'll be covering Amphibia Season 1, Episode 15: A Night at the Inn and Wally and Ann. I'm your host, The Vatican, and joining me today we
1: have King of the Uzbeks. Hello. Pixels. What's up? Nick.
0: Hey, guys. And new to the podcast, we have Sun's Fury. Hello. All right, thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, we're still in the hiatus. If you're, we're actually recording on the December fourth, but this is going to come out on the eleventh or maybe in January. I haven't decided, but just to keep things spaced out before the holidays takes up everyone's times, everyone's time. Uh no news. So we'll go right. Well, before we start the episode, I want to talk to Suns Fury, who, since it's your first time on, I uh, usually ask everyone like, how'd you find out about Amphibia? Like, what are your general thoughts on it? If, if there's anything like, if there's any other shows you watch and uh, what do you, what you think of them.
2: hmm So I've. Been in Amphibia since day one. Jumping in from previous shows, jumped in through Gravity Falls, Star, yada yada, that kind of general vague thing. Um, it's probably one of my favorite current shows that's running. Been a blast. Uh- <laughs> <sighs> I do watch a few other things. I've been going through doing stuff like Agents of Shield was fun. Oh bit of background every now and then. Uh, Me, I will say, my favourite character in Amphibia has to be Anne, with a close second to Sasha, who is just a bit too fun to talk about to not include in favourite character moments. Hmm. So, anything else I should introduce myself with? Um, I'm from Down Under, if that helps explain my (laughs) (laughs) consent to anybody watching. Listening. All right. Thank you, Suns Fury. You're
0: and like I, I'm saying, I'm saying that right, like Suns Fury. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Suns nice. Fury. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think we'll start off with uh, a night at the inn. So it was written by Gloria
1: Shen, storyboards by katherine Marsrick and Kyler Spears, and directed by Derek Kirk Kim. So, the episode starts off with, uh, the,
0: Anne and the planners have reached, like, the entrance of the mountain pass, but unfortunately it's still frozen over, so Anne can't travel outside the valley, li- valley yet. So, like, while they're there, like, Sprig and Anne quickly go on a, mini- a mini-adventure, I think Sprig even mentions, like, a mini-adventure just to lighten, the, their mood, lighten Anne's mood. Uh Polly wants to explore the opposite fo- the force on the opposite side, but uh hop hop immediately uh, forbids her from doing that because she's still a polywog. Uh, Anne and Sprig immediately return. Uh, apparently they're chased by some creature behind them that we don't see. They quickly scurry
1: off uh, they they talk about their their quick journey or their quick side side
0: event, much to Polly's uh, dissatisfaction. And then suddenly, Bessie, like, stops in the middle of the, the path. Uh, something's, wrong, like, something's wrong. Well, Polly wants to check under the hood, but uh, Hop-Up doesn't want her to do that because she's too young. It starts to rain, and they need a place for shelter, and then after their tent gets zapped, or blown away and zapped by lightning, they decide to go into an inn that they see in the distance. So the planners enter the dandelion, which is their, which is run by I think it was bullfrog.
1: Yeah, bullfrogs.
0: It's like horned bullfrog, like a like. It's just like this elderly couple that run the inn. Yeah, I they, know
3: it was Martha, but I forgot the other one. Teddy and Martha.
0: Teddy and Martha. Okay. So they offer them a place to stay for the night. Since there's not many guests, they offer each of
1: each of the planners, uh, their own room for the price of one. And But Polly has to share a room with Hop-Hop. So
0: they're hanging out. Polly finds out that there's, a, another room, like, connected to the room with Hop-Hop, and uh, after using her
1: cuteness, she eventually c- convinces Hop-Hop to let her stay in the other room. Uh, so she's she's trying to, she has her, like, she waits for Hop-Pop to, like, fall asleep, and then she immediately
0: has her fun. Then right when she's about to go, when she goes to bed, uh, she's kind of freaked out by the dark, and we get some, we get some gags, but then eventually, like, Polly's kind of too afraid to go to sleep, so she decides to visit Anne and Sprig, but are mysteriously not in their rooms. Polly getting a little bit more, uh starting to panic a little rushes back to hop like her room with hop hop or first she goes to her own room because she doesn't want to like she doesn't want to like prove hop hop's point but then eventually like after hearing some more noises in the background she quickly rushes to hop hop's room but unfortunately he's not there either and that's when we get the, uh what what what's of course is, looks like the one of the owners in, like in a hooded mask like or in a hood uh, trying to grab Polly, but she quickly escapes through the laundry, the laundry chute that was in Spriggs' room, or, or probably in every room. Then eventually, like she slides down the vents, she eventually reaches like what looks like the basement, where you see uh, Teddy and two other ladies, pretty much deciding who they get to eat, and that's when Polly realizes they're cannibals. So uh Martha walks in she was the one in the hood apparently like her cookies are what caused all the planners to uh to like pass out and then they plan on cooking them but that's when Polly quickly intervenes wakes them up and then has to fight off uh these cannibals luckily she's able to get the marinade sauce to like she like kicks it down with her like bow they slip and then they quickly rush Anne and the planters eventually brush out. And then Anne decides to do something, decides to do a little chemistry. So eventually, the planters reach the barn where Bessie is stashed. They find out that uh, it was actually like a snail trap that, that was what caused Bessie to like slow down earlier on. And then we find out with all the other snails inside this barn that the inn is pretty much just a, pretty much just like a bait. For travelers to enter and eventually get eaten. Uh, so eventually, they all head out of the barn. And then you find out that Anne mixed together the vinegar and baking soda, causing the inn to explode. And then eventually, they all reach home. Uh, Hop Pop realizes that Polly is like old enough to have a little bit more, a little more independence. But after tonight, she kind of just wants to sleep with him. So they're all. Just when you think the segment's about to end, uh, Sprig and Anne, also traumatized by uh, the night's events, uh, also join uh, also join Hop-Up and Polly on the bed, and the episode just ends with them all snuggled together, and Sprig's feet, cold feet
1: freaking out Hop-Up. And that's a night at the inn. So I think this is the first time
0: We've had poly focused episodes in the past, like such as with uh, her. I guess Girl Time. You could yeah. say it was a poly focused episode, but I feel like this one was a lot more solo since that one had a little bit more Anne in it. And right. I really liked this episode. How still, it still—it kind of reminds the, the the viewers that while Sprig and Anne are always adventuring, like Polly is a little bit. Polly is occasionally left out because of her. Because of her age, and it's not Wait. something she's. She's not. It's not I, something she's happy with. Would
1: like, would you say it'd be, it's like a type of neglect, or now. I wouldn't say it's neglect, because like, occasionally,
0: she does join on the uh, the adventures, like the the whole like the family ensemble cast episodes. But me, I don't want to say it's neglect. It too much, I guess. It's Maybe. just like the sort of fun that she
4: can't like hop in. I guess. You, know, you know what I mean? Like Sprig and is that sort of bond that, like, you know, while they you know do love Pauly, like she's not right. She's not on that level, I guess, in a way. Like I don't want to put her down.
0: And even though she can still move around, it's like it's important to know that she's still still hopping and occasionally requires the bucket, yeah. and especially in season one. Yeah. Yep. Plus, sometimes she needs someone to carry her and run away with them.
1: Right. Yes,
5: yeah, is notably slower than
1: everyone else in a choice. But like overall, I
0: I really enjoyed this episode. I liked. I I liked the the dandelion is so like it looks so cozy, but then when you like find out what's going on, it's it kind of twists the whole thing. Yeah, but it's still it's still a cozy setting, and we got that. We got that big city greens reference that I know that shows up. Yeah, like every every few months or every few weeks, I see that pop up. It's nice that people are give the other farm family show. Oh, a great great show to watch. But yeah, Polly was great. The all the horror aspects were pretty like were nicely balanced with amphibious humor. I guess I'll probably talk more about this later. Uh, I guess Starting with Sun's Fury, what, what, were your, what were your thoughts on this segment?
2: Okay, so first of all, as a chemistry major, I have to congratulate Anne. That was a very fun moment, even though it would never work like that in the real world. I just, <laughs> I, I have to go, yay chemistry too. Uh, big brain move, big brain move. Ah. <laughs> um, uh... There's a few different things that I like about this. I like that there's a bit of a callback to Hop-Hop's weird sleeping habits where Polly is waiting for him to go to sleep before she can sneak out and then start partying with Anne and Spreaker, or at least intending to. And she just counts down five, four, three, two, one, Hop-Hop knocks out completely to sleep. <laughs> and that, that reminded me of one of the previous episodes. I think it's like really early on where we just see Hop-Hop asleep With his eyes wide open, sitting in a chair. Oh, best fronds, I think. Yeah, best fronds. Best fronds when they're stealing the key. Uh, (laughs) Oh. Hmm. That moment close to the end where they free Bessie and find all of the other snails. There are two things that I really like about that. First is, of course, just the (laughs) dawning good grief. There are Dozens of other couples who have, or, and families who have, been eaten by these people. And yes, it did happen. And yes, this is the, a thing that they were doing for a long time. Big yikes, kind of big moment. That just love that reveal. But also, when they were trying to get to Bessie and figure out what was wrong with her, Hop Hop like did not hesitate and went, "Polly, your turn. Help do this thing now." And he just like implicitly went, yep, no, you're old enough. You can figure it all out. That kind of, I can trust you to be responsible. Even before he has that sit down moment with her back at home where he's explicitly lines up. Yeah. Okay. I should be getting you to do more stuff. I loved seeing that.
1: Hmm.
0: All right. Thank you.
2: Suns Fury. Oh, yeah. uh, Thanks, finally. Um, oh sorry sorry about that, go like,
1: ahead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just all the way back to the start of the episode one of the notes that I had um that we met that there's another mention just one of those things that get scattered around amphibia where there's just an episode and oh hey, here's a mention here's how things are going with the main quest this time it's oh hey, just a few more weeks and the past will be melted down and everything will be good yes, it's just past the snow day but we've got a bit more time until things can get moving out of the valley which is nice to be reminded of every now and then
0: there we go (laughs) oh all right thank you sunsuri yeah i like that like brief mention at the beginning still giving us some updates uh pixels what what were your thoughts on the segment
3: it was a really good episode (laughs) i love when we got the focus on Polly most of the episode just showing just that she just wants some more independence I wouldn't say she wants more trust, but she just, she wants to have more independence. And she kind of, like, knows the way around of how Wartwood goes. And I like that. Um, To the barn scene, like, where they, like, saw the other, the snail, the snails. That just, it reminded me of Criminal Minds, where you just, like, in the mill episode, you just see, like, the bodies and stuff. I know it's. I know it sounds a bit gruesome, but it makes a bit. It makes a bit sense of what I'm saying. Um, the gags are hilarious. Uh, and doing that uh, chemistry moment was pretty cool. And it just, just uses her. She used her big brain knowledge to. Uh, to just you know, hey, I found these two. I I remember something from school like, ah, uh, just. Oh my God! It's just—it's a really good episode too. Like, I like the atmosphere of it too. Like, it's a and it's—it's it's a bed and breakfast. Like, it's not—it's not like in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, along the road. Would you say? Like, would you say that, guys?
2: Uh, yeah, kind of.
3: Right.
2: It, its off to the su- like. It's—it's it's on the road, but it's a bit of a side location. Yeah. It feels like.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's somewhere near like the exit to the valley. I guess that's where we at least put
3: it. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, it's, it's a really it's probably one of my it's a really good season one episode, especially with the coming the upcoming episodes after those the specific episodes that i are gonna be talking about. So yeah,
0: all right. Thank you, Pixels. Uh. Usbix, what were your thoughts on the segment?
5: I really liked it. Uh, like Sherry mentioned, it's nice to sort of have a little update on, like, you know, why she's still in the Valley. Show that they're still actively trying to do stuff. Um, I like the sort of cozy bread and breakfast feel. Um, this is the start of a few polycentric episodes where it's a lot of it is about, like, hey, you know, she wants to be grown up. She wants to be Responsible, she wants to be the adult, but she really isn't ready for that yet. And so this starts with her trend. It's a nice look at her going solo. Um, a nice reminder she's still a baby. Sometimes she doesn't act like six or whatever. Her actual cannonade is. Um The villains are nice. If uh Children in the Spore a little later in the season is like a zombie movie, this is like a haunted house. Not quite slack, but you know, it's another sort of horror movie. Um, I like the contrast between sort of the nice Canadian or Minnesotan hosts and like the brutal cannibals. Um, the scene where she's like slapping them awake, and like I forget what Hop Hop does, but Anne's like, uh, just five more minutes, and then Sprigs and like, hi, Polly. I that was so funny. Um As people mentioned, the sort of like uh, when they get in and like Hop Hop lets Polly help with the snails, Um, which is a nice callback to the start of the episode. And Sprig's like, just real, or Sprigger Hop Hop's just realizing now that they're the cannibals. Um, And then, yeah, Anne blowing it up. Uh, I think those are her first confirmed like kills of like sentient creatures. Um, and Marcy would be very proud about the chemistry knowledge, but yeah, they don't really dwell on the fact that she just killed, like, four people.
0: Well, for all we know, maybe That's they just, the uh, mm-hmm. they, this passed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe they just passed I mean, out I and hope they thought their ways.
2: I, I hope they die. Yeah, I'm not so I mean, sure we can say confirmed kills there. <laughs> I hope I mean I hope so they die.
1: So, but this is not.
5: the first time she like and, uh, kills <laughs> well, yeah, I hope I really hope she killed
0: them. Because there's a wow. magnet still. Meanwhile, wow, like a magic. Yeah, I mean they're cannibals. <laughs> yeah. If, if Anne's gonna build a body count, at least there's a good reason yeah. for them. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh Nick, what were your thoughts on this segment? Honestly, just a really great one. Um, this is our first I mean, I know we had great
4: girl time event right, but I know mean, this is our really first so I would say like it's our first um, solo poly episode. I'm just glad to say that it was a great one. Just a just a really good way to start um, episodes like that. Um, I really love the jewelry setting that was just set since the beginning of you know, the sky. Like I just noticed that we already had thunderclouds in there. So that really set the mood for the episode. Um, Lots of funny moments. Just, I don't know. I, I just have to applaud the fact that they really, I, I'm just really happy to, to say that they, they really went here and it made a very ambitious episode, like, I feel, because, I don't know, I'm like at a loss of words here, because I, like, I just have like so many thoughts I want to put out here. But like, yeah, I don't know. Just, all Around is a great episode. A really scary one too. Like, I found myself like, even though I've seen this episode probably like, I don't know, like four or five times, like I'm still like, there's still some scenes where you know when I'm generally like anticipating a jump scare, but I don't know. I mean, so a lot of people covered like some things I already,
1: I like I would want to go over, but yeah, I don't know. I just say we're on a great episode.
0: All right, thank you, Nick. So yeah, I'm just I'm starting off with the. I'm just going through the details of the episode. We got,
1: yeah, we already covered about like the the mountain pastel being frozen over. Yeah, Hop-Hop. Hop-Hop uh, immediately falling asleep. Uh,
0: okay, so... Nick, you, you mentioned the jump scares. And I'm still thinking about, like, what the hell that bowling pin, that monster in the corner... <laughs> yeah. Was. Yeah, I'm
4: not sure. I
3: don't even know. I got tails yeah. of the crap monster, and it's just, whoa, yeah. just this. We did we did get a cricket green cameo,
1: yes, um, on the shelf. Oh yeah,
4: yeah, that was super nice. It's always it's always nice to get little. It's always like nice to get little um, nods like that.
0: And also, like when Sunsuri was talking about the uh, when when you mentioned the like the snails in the barn, like I remember my first. Like my first thought when like I saw that first that snail that we see first just says just hitched, so you just know like there's just like this couple on their honeymoon and they just got like. Uh, See, like I just when I saw this episode
4: for the first time, I was just I I just thought it was gonna be like you know the classic cartoon episode where it's revealed that this seemingly suspicious family is actually just like you know a nice normal family. Like I was waiting for that. Twist, but but it it never came. And then when we finally got to that scene of the snails, that's when it hit me. Like, holy shit, these are actual cannibals. Like, they actually went there. And oh my god, they made that scene haunting too.
5: Yeah. I I mean, they were nice. They were just totally evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um.
5: Yeah, I was not expect. I was expect they were just too nice from the start that I expected the sort of classic cartoon subversion. Yeah. So yeah, I, I anticipated they would wind up being a bit evil.
3: And I also wanna say, uh, just a, it's a very cliche thing for a cannibal farmer, because he was just he would just wear overalls with a plaid shirt, like that's I I just that's a bit of a cliche to me when it comes to like episode like resolving about like those evil farmers or whatever.
1: That's just me. And I
0: like the way they. Uh, well, in hindsight, the way they obviously like set up a lot of elements of this of these episodes, like the cookies, and then Polly refusing like the pity cookies, like actually worked like helped in her favor, like worked in her favor, as well as the like when when Sprig is just jumping on the bed, he's like, "Hey, look a laundry shoe!" It's played up as a gag, and then later on it becomes. Yeah, like integral to the story. I, I like that. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's
1: of course it's like storytelling 101. on Just, it's nice pointing them out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the special! No, I found that scene so funny. <laughs> like, he's like, "Look, a laundry chute." He jumps out there. He's gone
4: for a good five seconds, and he comes back on the screen. <laughs> I really like that small moment. <laughs> Classic
1: break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: Yep. Yeah. Um. There's the scene where she realizes they're all missing, and she's like, "Anna would never leave her phone
1: behind." Um. And then same. I think with Sprig's hat, which I think is yeah. Cute.
0: Like
1: because Polly knows her family.
0: Yeah. and Then she just like zooms off screen when she like oh, when she tries to. Yeah.
5: The scene at the beginning where Hop-Pop's like, no, we have a tent, we don't need to pay for a bread and breakfast. And then, like, the tent blows away and gets struck by lightning and catches on fire and
1: turns to ash. Like, that's... I found that very funny. That <gasps> little sequence of... Uh... Yeah, it's just so Yeah, cool. I'm replaying the scene again. Like,
0: it's like over the... It's like in three seconds, gets blown away <laughs> and struck by lightning. <laughs> and just and then just the episode just continues on.
1: Uh, yeah. So you talked about the chemistry
0: gag. Well, I kinda I I really love the the how the ending of this episode is super wholesome with this oh, all yeah. of them cramped together. I just
4: love Polly's yeah, like I I just feel like what brings it all together is just Polly's like cute little laugh
1: right there you know <laughs> I found that adorable yeah like <laughs> and the, the cold
0: feet with the hop on spray oh, like, that was so yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah it's just a nice way to end the episode yeah
4: I mean it definitely is like I mean it was like much needed levity like I, I love how I love how Anne was like yeah this is a this is a traumatizing experience for us it's just Having a nice little moment like that was like really needed, especially after that snail scene. Like that's even so. Like I've seen it a bunch of times. It's it's just like when you look at all the small details. Like yeah, like you said. Like um, just hitched. When you when you just think about like the
1: lives that are just stolen, just like that. Yeah, it, it definitely hits you. Stolen for supper. Yeah. Man. Oh oh we actually, yeah, now I just reminded me, because I I I didn't really like
4: that one moment where, wait but what does Sprick say? Like he said we're the breakfast in bed and breakfast. Breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Up ups learning some slang. Yeah.
3: Up, up learned for man.
2: Watch out, world. He's coming.
3: Yes. Oh, and uh <laughs> evolution.
0: And why does hop Hop like, put that pickle stuff on his feet? Like, what is that? old, and yeah. old people have ointments.
1: I'm trying to see the name of it. It's just called, like... Like, Ricks? Vicks? Oh, maybe it's Vicks? Because
0: I, I know some people, like, like old people, like, people put, like... Not Vaseline, like, uh... Vapor rub on their feet. Yeah, Vicks. Soothing. Nice
3: yeah, Vix vapor rub.
1: Okay. I'm trying to get over to that scene right now. Let's see it. Is it when Hop
4: Up
2: goes to bed to the fr-
4: um, for the first time?
2: Yeah, 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 it's when he goes to bed for the first time. And so, and it's like, yeah, one bedroom, one bedtime. <laughs> yep.
0: And Polly is not impressed. Yeah, like I'm looking at the screenshots. Her arms are crossed.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's aggressive. A little stub A little
1: <laughs> stub And also,
0: yeah, like Polly probably has to like deal with all of Hop Pop's like quirks. <laughs> <Especially>, like, yeah, <laughs> the
1: snoring. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not
0: her time in amphibia that's hard in her. It's just like dealing with Hop Pop's like. Dealing her with her roommate situation, <laughs> yeah. Because I
4: know, like Hopfob, like what, what did hop off say back in uh, what
5: was this? I forgot. You know,
4: it was like the whole roommate episode of
5: um, Anne and Spring. Oh, the I don't, roommate I don't... episode. He's talking about like cleaning out the webbies or yeah. like crushing <laughs> from between his toes, yeah. causing like a strife between him and his presumably spouse. Um, yeah. He's... Because I'm I'm betting Hot Pop was probably the bad roommate in that situation.
4: Just what we saw, what we saw in this episode, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like I can't imagine how I'm gonna sleep the same as that, that old man because you can't even get in there without him
1: just complaining or just doing something dumb. Yeah, so i think we i think we covered everything no there's no okay that, there's no way i, I no know way. that's why i'm
0: trying to like go through <laughs> oh like. shit like, we covered like the valley we covered the bet the, the the laundry chute the cricket cameo i mean polly was super cute with like all of her like her montage it lasts, like, and I like how this, like, we got a lot of montages in Amphibia. I like how this one just lasted, like, oh yeah, less than 10 seconds, and then we're just back yeah. in the episode. Yeah, because this episode knew there was no time to find, like... See, yeah, I
4: really,
1: yeah, I, that's what I really like about this. I mean, yeah, this episode definitely just feels different from a lot of the episodes they had in Season 1, I feel like.
0: Is this our first, like, pseudo-horror episode? Yeah, I mean, think it might be, yeah, because I feel this like
1: this one, episode this
4: episode had a
5: little of that. Yeah, um,
4: yeah I, I feel like this episode is, it really re- leans into like the horror of amphibia. I feel like because like usually it's sort of in the background, they're just playing to it, but this this is like, yeah, this they're they're like directly reminding you
5: that this is like a very very dangerous world they live in. I, actually, I disagree with that. Um because this isn't like the horror of an amphibious sort of natural environment being hostile to life, the way that most of the episodes are that's like the central the scary monsters, the like inhospitable wilderness. that's not what's scary this episode. This is in a sort of civilized house, but you know, cannibals. So in that sense, it's a very different sort of horror than what we've gotten so far.
1: Yeah,
4: sure, but, but I just feel like this one, this is the episode that actually leans into actually being, like, horror-based, you know what I mean? Like, it actually leans into a horror genre.
5: Yes, I, I agree about the genre, but I think it's a little different than, like, saying this isn't like,
1: oh, you saw Skull in the background of one episode. This is oh, very yeah. okay. Yeah, that's fair then, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I like how this episode will eventually, like, come back in the the shut-in,
1: when uh, oh, it's, it's basically yeah. Polly,
0: it's just basically Polly just saying like or reminding the audience that we already had like two Halloween
5: yeah
0: <laughs> segments uh, yeah. before the actual Halloween special. Oh, uh, oh, right in the, yeah. In the shut-in, yeah, That's... Uh yeah, like in the, in the shut-in, like when Polly's trying to tell her own scary story, yeah. like, where she. She talks about like Shudden, not Shudden, uh, Night The Inn, and uh, Children of the Sport. Like, she actually calls them by their episode titles.
4: Yeah, yeah you, honestly, you just reminded me weren't we like planning on covering like the shut-in before we knew um, that season three was coming, but like faster than we thought it was? Like, like Yeah, is...
0: originally, yeah, originally the plan was that like we just, since the shut-in is considered non canon, like we would have covered that on Halloween because I think it was on Saturday or Sunday this weekend, like this year. So it would have lined up nicely, but then I mean, season
1: three came back, which is even better.
3: Yes. So yeah, yeah. Good timing.
1: Good timing. So I think... Okay, I think we're going to move on to Wally. Wait,
4: <laughs> we can't Wait. abandon this episode yet. We, we
0: can't. We... <laughs> <laughs> what place. else
4: is
3: there to talk about? Let's like, talk. I'm trying. Maybe... You
0: know, I love like you know, I love looking for details before we go into like the segment most of us want to talk about even longer about.
4: <laughs> uh, we gotta like let's talk about Polly's de- Let's talk about Poly's development, hop ups development. I feel like I feel like that's something we can still pick apart here because I feel like this is still. An important okay. episode for the two of them. Ben Ben know. is
0: ben in the chat is asking, are there any uh, similarities <laughs> to the graphic novel Bone? And you are correct, Ben. Yeah, there oh are. my god,
4: yeah. Ben! Yes. Again, that. We,
3: are, we, point.
0: We,
4: we, we already spent like 20 to 30 minutes talking about Bone in the last episode. So <laughs> let's okay. just stick to poly and Hop Hop Development here. So All right, I right. just wanted to say, like, yeah, I think... While it is a super fun horror episode, this is also like an important development I'd say for Polly and Hop Pop's relationship because this is built around a Hop Pop like initially you know, underestimating Polly and just treating her as a baby to really just recognizing the sort of value she can have as
0: as I say, like someone with more responsibilities, I guess. So I don't know. I guess I wouldn't Because even in the first episode, like, Hop-Pop trusted Polly more than Sprig. (laughs) But I guess in this case, it's mostly just, like, independence, like, to do whatever she wants, rather than...
5: And, and, you know, Hop-Pop is a traditional man, and, you know, the older child gets more independence, typically. And so he's sort of just following the right with quotes around it,
0: way to do things. Right, and even like throughout the season and even in future segments, we'll kind of see like hop up continuing to like push these responsibilities onto Sprigg and like the Yeah, Polly was the them.
5: baby, you know.
0: Yeah. I guess, I mean,
4: I just think it's also good. I feel like hop up also eventually learns to ease up with the family too, right? Because I feel like, especially during early season one, he was like very authoritative to them and never let them like really take any risk unless I mean I guess he was pushing up himself. So like I don't know, just have an episode like this where he has to acknowledge that Polly, you know, she she really can be helpful
0: and play a part. I think it's just good for him too. Oh definitely. Yeah, and then like now that she has likes in like season three, like it's it's nice to see her be more involved. Well, she was always more involved as long as the planners were together. Just like her having likes, it's still like like I, I know we talked about like, in the Season 3 recap, like discussions that just, like, Polly having legs and just being able to just move with the rest of the cast yeah, has been a big change on
4: yeah. its own. Yeah, so I guess a part of it is, I'm going to be like, yeah, so there has been, like, independence, right? Just, like, really being able to do things on her own, I guess, yeah.
2: Yeah, this is sort of one of those times where she's starting to actually test her limits and just try to actually push outside those boundaries.
4: Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, which is yeah, which is the thing that yeah, it, that does come up a lot in your solo episodes. I know with um was it like Truck Stop Polly sort of, right? Like like she's bit, she's left alone by the family again. And it's really just I mean, it's not like the night at the end, because I mean most I mean most of it's just her having fun, but like it's sort of like that idea. Well so, even she's in
0: like left behind, she's intentionally left behind. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves herself behind. And even like before that happens, like it was her like pretty much like Pushing the limits, like with the family, with her like, with her antics, which pretty much like drive them over the edge, and they say something they instantly like backtrack on, but unfortunately, like Pauly he hears the wrong parts in yeah. in that segment, which like yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> it's a yeah. classic. We'll, we'll we'll get to yeah, us we'll get that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
4: I don't know it's just great. You know, like I I really do feel like. This is something they at least try to be consistent with, right? Like just slowly laying um, uh, the sh- just slowly laying the family use up on Pauline and just let her start to become more independent. It, it is a really
1: great thing that she eventually relaxes. Yeah, I think with that, now we're gonna move on to Wally Nan. So, let me pull up the credits. Okay, so Wallied Ann Anne was written by Adam Colas,
0: storyboards by Jen Strickland and Steve Wolfhard, and directed by Bert Yoon.
1: So, the episode starts off with Anne and the planners, they're all uh, picking berries
0: out in the forest, and like Hopa makes that quick joke about like, the, that quick rhyme. About which, like, berries are edible, and which ones will kill them, kill them instantaneously. instantaneously. Or, sorry, I should just say instantly. <laughs> instantly. <Sorry. laughs> um, so, Anne sees, like, a blurred, like, shadowed figure, like, in the bushes, and eventually discovers this weird, mossy creature, like, that's... Well, I, I shouldn't... Get into more detail. Like she sees this
1: creature, and it's very like, it's it's like just like it's not. It's just it's just hanging around, and then
0: eventually Anne chokes on a butterfly, and that it scares the creature off. So Anne explains what she saw to the planners. They explain it's the mo- it's the rumored Mothman Mossman, which has, which isn't real according to them, and then. We get that quick joke about Anne, like pointing out all the other horrors in this world, but they're just a normal family, which Anne like gets fed up because they're all talking frogs from her point of view. So they head back to town. Anne is still uh, obsessed with this creature, and then like eventually, like she does like a couple of uh, like hand motions, which Hop Hop compares her to Wally. And like Anne is super offended by that, and then at that moment, uh, hop Pop not hop Pop, sorry, uh, Wally comes into the episode, recalls his experience with the Moss Man. Some of it may or may not be true, since apparently he took his arm off, but still there. So then everyone walks off after making fun of Anne, but then Sprig tells Anne that he believes her, and sorry, he. I'm trying to look for the, the wordplay that, that Spring did there. He's like, I believe you dreamt it. I believe you dreamt it. Yeah, that's
1: clever. <laughs> like, like we get
0: that cutaway scream. Anne can't sleep. She's having nightmares about being compared to Wally, uh, complete with that weird head swap <laughs> with Anne's head on Wally's body. So then, she decides to set out to actually find the Mossman by uh, teaming up with Wally, who's just playing his accordion in the middle of the night before Anne snatches him, and he is instantly on board with uh, taking Anne to the Mossman, much to Anne's surprise. But of course, he's playing the accordion the whole way for like the next like eight hours and more, many more hours after that. Eventually, they're crossing a. Cl- they're crossing a cliff on a mountain. Uh, Anne falls, but Wally catches her and then catches her phone after. And Anne's more concerned about the phone, of course, rather than her own life, but this is when she starts to trust Wally. Because earlier she didn't want to like talk about her life because she considered him a stranger. But then eventually, by the end of the night, they're doing their special handshake. Uh, and like this ha- handshake, apparently Anne's friend's Anne's friends thought they were silly, but Wally kind of gives that gives his advice to Anne about like caring what not caring what people think, and how now that Anne's in another world, she has a chance to uh
1: she has a chance to be whoever she wants, and uh, Anne kind of like takes the
0: time to think about that while Wally comedically agrees in his sleep. So the next morning, they eventually reach the Misty
1: Moors, the rumored, site, the rumored spot of the Mossman. So they do a summon, like, While well, Wally does
0: a summoning ritual, uh, Anne recognizes the glowing butterflies that were in the Mossman's first appearance back in Wartwood. She eventually bumps into it. They try chasing it, but unfortunately it gets away. And then that's when we find out that like Wally has never seen the Mossman, but until now. So then Anne basically realizes that he just like led her based on a lie, and then she's kind of upset that they lost they lost the Mossman again, and now now everyone will think that she's as uh, weird as him. And that kind of like Wally is visibly like upset by Anne's comments, but then she immediately. She immediately apologizes basically and they they they, they do a fail attempt at their handshake, but they, they basically reconcile. And then they rush off to get the moss they catch the moss man again again. It turns out they ended up they, they saw the tracks that led up a mountain, not mountain, like a rocky cliff. They tried climbing it and reached the top, but Wally couldn't. And uh, Wally unfortunately slips and he's hanging on by a by a like a branch and then by a root, I guess.
1: So then, and, and branch
3: or root? Because I, I'm pretty sure it's
0: a root. Because like I'm not sure if it was a branch, it would be part of a tree. If it's a root, it's probably okay. Something underneath eventually coming out.
3: Because when they first got to Wally, uh, like when like on the cliff, it looked like it was holding on to a root uh, or a branch. When Actually, got... yeah, look
0: at the video again, it looks like a branch.
3: Right, Anyway, when we zoomed in, it looked like a root. Bending. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that, you know what I mean by that? Like... Yeah.
0: Oh, man. It's five, two out of ten episode. But... <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, Anne chooses to save Wally over getting a picture of the moss man. Unfortunately, by the time they both reach up the... By the time both of them climb up
1: the ledge, it's unfortunately gone. But Anne's... And Anne's, Anne's okay with it. Like she's just, yeah. Anne's just, she, Anne's just okay with it. And then,
0: uh, as long as they both saw it, that's all that that's all that matters. And then Wally, uh, we're not sure whether Wally actually forgot or not. <laughs> and then, and eventually, like, unfortunately, her pat on the back like pushes Wally off the cliff, anyways. But he's still alive. It cuts back to Warwood. Uh, Wally is Wally is retelling their tale to the rest of the town while she plays the accordion, but without any proof, they're just concerned a
1: bunch of weirdos. So Wally he heads out. He's, uh, he's like, he, like he's happy with he's
0: happy with the journey he had with Anne. The planners meet up with Anne again. They think Anne is, uh, they think Anne is just like. Super unhappy that she's considered someone like Wally, but and Anne's totally fine with it. But they still keep on going. But then she just pretends
1: she's like a beast and chases them off screen, and that's Wally and Anne. So I'm trying. I'm gonna try and be brief. This was a very. This was a very like nice.
0: It, it doesn't lean too much into Anne's character development, but it gives just enough where it shows you. It does show the positive of Anne's time in Amphibia, like, what that. what it could do to her. And I know, like, uh, like we've always had. Like, we, the audience, always knew that Anne's time in Amphibia was, like, slowly changing
1: her for the better. And... Well, unfortunately, in this crazy world, like. At least, and kind of had,
0: and was slowly like figuring out whether s- subconsciously or consciously uh, figuring out like what she needed to improve on for herself, or self improvement. But w- Wally really spells it out, spells it out here, and I know Wally. Like we've seen Wally like appear in past episodes. We always looking back we'd all think oh like can't wait for their soul like their their team up episode
1: and just like both of them as outsiders you expect it to be you get what you expect but it's so like it's
0: so like earnest if that's the right word in yeah. its approach like you, you still, you're still you still left feeling satisfied mm-hmm. and the Mossman's a whole other conversation I'm not going to touch that for now I'll <laughs> like I, I, think maybe for the rest of us, we'll tr- let's try and let's Please. try and stay away from the Mossman talk until like we each get our general thoughts out.
3: Yeah, I was gonna gonna say something, that just give me vibes, but I'll do that later. Yeah,
0: because I know like the implications of the Mossman eventually like get revealed and whatever. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. I guess starting with Sun's Fury, what, what were your thoughts on this segment?
2: Okay. So, I look at my notes for for this episode, and the first thing I wrote was, yay, yay, yay. So that's a good start. Um, (laughs) uh, I just think, um, Wally is just iconic this episode. He's just easygoing nature, he's there, he has some on-point advice to an, um, when she, I think she says, "Back in my world, your reputation means everything. I can't afford to be labeled the weirdo." And Wally's response is, "Well, thank goodness you're not there right now." And you just see her go, "Oh my goodness, I can, I can figure this out potentially." Um, it, it's beautiful to see and just learning to just be herself. Uh, there are a few things that are very suspicious in. In retrospect, now that we've seen some season, seen some of season three, and kind of re- suspicious in retrospect of true colors, but that's that's for later on. Um, we've got another nod towards Anne's general athleticism even before Amphibia started, with the mention of her being in the bouldering club. Kind of nice to keep track of, I suppose, because it does actively explain a lot of our activities as having as being fit, moderately reasonable for her to do. And finally, I have to shout out the end credits of Amphibri in general, especially season one and two. I just love them. I love the music of it. It's great. Ta-da. All right. Thank you, Sensefury. Yeah, like,
0: I don't think, seeing that scene of, like, Anne and Wally by the campfire, like, that gave me a lot of, like, season one credit vibes. And it just like it's this image that like yeah felt iconic for me. <laughs> but uh, pixels, what were your th- What were your thoughts on
3: this segment? Um, it was a really really great episode. I love the connection between uh, like I love how the connection really built up with Wally and Anne, and like a like if you can go back to like the first episode, like. They kind of met, you know what I mean, in the first episode. Because of, uh, you know, because Wally was right. already talking about the stuff. But when we saw it was the end, it was like, oh, okay. So this is probably the first time the, Wally interacted with her. But not like that. But, like, the more and more, like, in this episode specifically, I think, their venture, like, it's kind of like a teaching moment especially with what wally said like he's he said i don't care what people think about me i'm still gonna be me i was like that hit home that hit heart." like wally's a chad for saying that <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah but any i, I want to say the environment fit so well with this episode too like with the cliffs and the along trials and walk especially with the music the violin, the violin. Uh, well,
1: back- the accordion. The accordion, right? Um, yeah, it kind
3: of fit too. Um, and at the end, the ending was pretty funny too. Like, that people are gonna think that Anne's crazy, but she's okay with that as long as they have the people by her side. It's fine. It, it's a, it's a really good episode. I mean, it's uh, people just people are feeling down. I just recommend this episode. I, I, like it just I, it make, it gives you a good laugh, but it also just
0: gives
1: you advice in general. All right, thank you, Pixels. Uh, Nick, what were your thoughts on this segment? Just
0: it was just a really great
4: one, and just like a lot of people have told
0: me that they consider
4: this like one of season one's best episodes, and just rewatching it has totally shown me why like just the little French between like Anne and Wally it's so simple just like but like really executed well here I love all the funny moments here I love I love how like there, there's just like a lot of scenes I just feel like they went all out with you know just, just just like the presentation of it like when, when they get to like the, what do they call it? like the Misty Meadows like just how they transitioned over to them you know, with, with, like, the different layers of the mist. Like, I found that to be, like, super nice and just really engaging right there. Like, I I, I, I agree with you there, Thun, when you said that this wasn't, like, a... Like, this wasn't exactly, like, a huge development for Anne, but it's sort of, like, giving her a chance to really take things into perspective here. You know, just really look at, sort of, how things are going for her and, like, what she can do, like, in the future of herself. Just... Yeah, I don't know. Just all around a fun episode. And I just, I mean, and I love how like it becomes even more important in the future.
1: Like you guys have said, just yeah, I don't know. Just to me, this is just absolutely one of season one's best episodes.
0: All right, thank you, Nick, and uh, Uzbek. I know this was a like a personal favorite of yours, but what were your thoughts on the episode?
5: Oh, I love this episode. This episode is so great. Um, so you have. Anne's sort of worries about fitting in, both fitting in, in Wartwood, which he's been struggling with, and fitting in back with her friends back home. Do you have that come up? Do you have sort of her design to Um, This is our first real introduction to Wally. Wally is the best Wartwood townie. He's just so funny. Even, like, for if he has one line in an episode, he's hilarious. If he's the focus of an episode, he's hilarious and great here. Um... You know, he was the first one to see him when he showed up. He's, like, constantly calling her a monster. But, like, he still wants to be friends. He still takes her on this great adventure into the Misty Moors. And like uh, Nick and Pixels were saying, it's just gorgeous. Just the design, this episode, is so great. It's so it's relatively unique for the rest from the other sort of backgrounds. All the fireflies. The grass and the stars and the fireflies, um, the moss men. We'll talk about that more later. But the design is very visually distinctive from what we've seen elsewhere. Um, Wally's the talk with pan around fire, as like Anne realizes, you know, I can make a new self here. I, I'm not justified by what I was at home, and Wally helping to realize that. And what we learned in season two about Wally, and like his own upbringing and how that applies. Um, wally is i think and sort of best friend outside the planters in um wartwood i mean we see in the shut-in she has his um birthday and then she asks the fake wally for advice and if you give her frog a cookie um and then we it's not just sort of a one-note Wally's delivering this lesson because then anne's like i don't want to be a weirdo like you and he's hurt by that, even though he was just talking about how you shouldn't care what other people think. He still does care about what she thinks. And then, of course, at the end, she chooses him over her sort of mad dream of seeing the boss and It's just so heartwarming. At the end, where she's finally, like, accepted that, you know, oh, they can see me as a little weird. It doesn't matter. Um, This is one of the few real hints in Season 1 of sort of what her friendship dynamic was back on earth outside of like episodes with sasha this is one of the few ones where we get a hint of how directly like i mean obviously it's looming over the whole season but this is one of the first only ones where we really see her like talk about her friends back on earth um direct so yeah just a great episode one of my favorites of season one one of my favorites of the whole show
1: all right thank you isbix and yeah, just starting I guess starting off with the, the animation this episode,
0: I think to be very brief, this feels like an episode of like Hilda. I mean, that was like the highest compliment. Like just like, the even the lighting with the mist, and then even Anne encountering the Mossman for the first time, like, yeah. the lighting is noticeably different and then in the evening by the campfire, you get that lighting, like that yeah, it's just like all the lighting here just like changes scene to scene like constantly, which I didn't really notice in earlier episodes, but like I noticed it here immediately on my first watch, and that's just like I haven't yeah. even talked about the Mossman like yet, like.
5: <laughs> yeah, I will what? say the opening scene with the butterflies. I mean, that's obvious and's been associated with butterflies before. It's this nice, sort of, just the glow it has is completely different from any other scene we've had in the woods
1: of Amphibia up to this point. And I'm looking at I'm looking at, okay, so the planners
0: I just like how the planners are very, are not very involved in the they're not involved in this episode at all. I'm, I'm trying to look
1: at the last time this was the case because I know I know Thai feud, not Thai feud. Oh
0: my god, uh, <laughs> Lily Pad, Lily Pad Thai was the Pad first. Pad, uh, yeah, like that was like the first time Anne like bonded with a different. Yeah, with well, like she, that's the first time she went like outside the like, the planter farm and interacted with someone else. Right. I'm quickly looking through these episodes again.
1: And that might still it's... be the case. Yeah. Well, of course, like, okay, maybe Toad Tax, like,
0: so Lily, Pat, Thai Toad Tax. I, uh, I'm not
5: sure about Toad Tax, because, like, them coming around to the planters is a big
0: emotional moment for the episode. It's
1: her choosing them over...
0: Oh, right the at planters. the
1: farm. Like... Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we um, wouldn't count that. Yeah, so it seems like. Like, this might be only. Like, this might be it? Yeah,
0: where Anne doesn't. Yeah, this is. Like, an Anne focused episode that doesn't involve. Well, I guess you could say Snow Day, because that was mostly just. Well, saving Polly. Okay, maybe. Yeah, so maybe, like, outside of Lilypad Tie, like, Wally and Anne is the most, like in a good way, it's the most, like, distant episode yes. Anne has had with the rest of, the, the planners. Yeah, and I, guess, and I guess
4: that's what makes Wally's impact on the story just, like, really impactful, you know what I mean? Like, it, really memorable and impactful because, like, how many other characters have you had, like, really been serviceable towards Anne of Ellen besides the planners? I mean, just to have this one-off adventure with this one character, I mean, that's, that's gonna be, like, Ingrained in your head when you know you have, like, how, how many se- how many how many segments the season one have again? Like, was it like 38, 39, I can't remember, but like, it just affects. Yeah, there, there's like, a, yeah, there's a ton of individual stories in season one, and then there's just one of Wally. And, yeah, that that's gonna be ingrained in your head.
0: And like, it definitely like justifies the the Wally and Anne title.
4: Oh, definitely. oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. They really um, pull
5: it off. Yeah, James Patrick Stewart. I just looked him up. He's the voice actor for Wally. He does a great job here like, being loud and sort of cacophonic when he needs to, and being quiet and more reserved when he needs to, it's, he does a great job this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and, uh, I like how, uh, so I, I know we already talked, mentioned
0: this, like, and. Like Wally's, like Wally was the first character we met in Amphibia, like in the show itself, and it was right. him encountering Anne. And then that night, where like the night where Anne sneaks out to get get him, it's like basically, like he basically references their first time meeting. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like and he nice, yeah,
0: and he completely, he completely forgot that Anne like jumped him because <laughs> he was like too busy like screaming and running away in that first episode. <laughs> it's a nice little callback,
1: too. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of funny moments, too, though. I think I just, I really enjoyed the small moment
4: where, you, you know, it's, it's after they bully the crap out of her and she oh just, like, God. pissed off. And then Sprig's like, Ann, don't worry, I believe you. She's like, oh, it's I, right, I did. believe you. Then <laughs> he just said, yeah. Then it just cuts them over, freaking out. Like, I love that. Like That was just great.
0: And also, like, after after the planners like bully the hell, hell out of Anne, like they're just eating the next day. Like, oh, where is she? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they, they don't even try looking so for great. her. Yeah, like their indifference.
5: indifference, is so great. Yes, yeah, the scene where where Anne's like, "All right, I can let this go," and then she's like, "Cut immediately to her. I cannot let
0: this go." Yeah. I, oh, oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, didn't Sprig do the same thing in uh in Cracking Mrs. Croker? Yeah, I think
2: you did. Oh, it's one of those classic ones I gets used a few times around Antibia, I'm fairly sure. Yes.
1: Like, and it's always so good. And then yeah, I don't know, that... the players were just absolute boys bull- in this episode. But, yeah, I, I really
4: have to agree with Anne. Like, I... Even so, yeah, it's their own world and they're going to have their own perspective on this stuff. It's just so weird to have a world of talking frogs say they don't believe in a mystical creature. I mean, that's just insane. I, I understand from ver- their perspective, but, like, for me... Especially like I don't know there's a creature
5: from another world living in their basement. Like, Anne should be proof of the impossible to them, but nope. <laughs> yeah. no... Problem,
1: like, man. It's like, I can totally understand their frustration because they just sound insane. <laughs> And then like, yeah. The color number one to Anne to like make her seem like one-eyed Wally.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then like Bullies. That's, Bullies. that's That's probably what triggered like that the the nightmare where like her head is like on Wally's body. It's so
3: cursed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh,
5: the scene, this, the scene where she's like she's like dreaming. Please, Wally, take me to the thing, and he's like yes, and then she's like please, please, please. Oh wait, you said yes. Like he's just you. Know, uh oh! The I'm sorry. I keep thinking of funny moments, but like the song when he like does this the song. Oh, um, yeah, for
4: like eight hours. Um, right? And it's like
5: 19 yeah. hours later, and he's like finally done. It's
1: like oh, and she's like oh, no, thank God. And she's like, or is it? <laughs> yeah, but it just keeps going. I love that. And then like the part where <laughs> I I like that minor
0: detail where like. Like, a minute, like, a minute ago, Anne called Wally a stranger, and then right after he saves her and the phone, yeah, he talks about, like, how he knows how much, like, the phone means to Anne.
3: Oh, and then, like,
0: you cl- you can, like, see the look on Anne's face where she's, like, kind of realizing, like, she was in, like, that she, like, was in the wrong. And then immediately, when it cuts to the next scene of them doing, like, the handshake thing, it's, yeah, just, like, like, very wholesome yeah. to see.
5: I, I do want to talk some about Anne's mention of her friends, because I think it's interesting now that we've sort of... When you first saw it, it was just more, oh, she had shitty friends back home, but now we've had good, solid season of both Sasha and Marcy. Yeah, and now so we I
4: have a good, clear idea of that, idea. On that.
5: Yeah, I, I really uh, did I do, want to play off... Oh, sorry.
4: <laughs> I keep interrupting you. Go
5: ahead. Yeah, I, I do find it a little odd in retrospect about, like, Marcy making Anne feel bad about, like, being weird or something, because, like, Marcy is much weirder than Anne in sort of the traditional sense. He's a yeah, I thought about that, too. Um, I do, however, see, like, the handshake in particular. That sounds like something would Marcy would be like, oh, Anne, that's this silly nonsense. Come work on this science experiment. Whatever.
0: Or, you know? Or Marcy might be too busy, like, playing video games. Or playing yeah. like, video
5: games. Or, like, yeah, she doesn't really get Like, she has trouble connecting with other people, so she doesn't really get why it's important to Anne and why calling it silly. Um, She also seems like she'd go along with Sasha calling it silly. But, um, I think, yeah, in retrospect, I highly doubt Marcy is, like, mocking Anne, but at the same time, she's not gonna be, like... Marcy isn't great at, like... She has a lot of problems, but she's not great at providing, like, emotional support to her friends. If that makes sense, like, when's does she ever give like Anne some like really good advice or like stand up for her in that sort of way? So, in retrospect, I think if you look at the development, just what they've discussed about the, they had far less of an idea of who Marcy would be early on than they had like Sasha or Anne. Um. So, I think, yeah, in retrospect, it is a little wonky at times, but I think it still overall fits the story amphibious trying to tell about friendship, and in particular, the story is trying to
1: tell in season one about Anne and her approach to friendship yeah i think
0: I think the segment doesn't focus as much on the like on the friendship aspect and more like on Anne herself and like what she wanted to be but uh I know I know Uzbek. you mentioned like yeah when, when Wally was actually hurt by like what Anne said and I just love how like in any other segment like Wally probably didn't care but then like now that he actually like now that he actually bonded with Anne like hearing those like saying like comments like kind of like like now it hurt him after like it was just like a very nice like change and the, like there's an instant change in their dynamic now and like we haven't like there's no backtracking on it anymore
4: oh yeah yeah i totally get that yeah because this is yeah because this this was like the first episode where they really just actually interacted with one another right because i know i don't know think like short small scenes in the past but like this was this was one where they actually formed the bond and got to know one another
5: and this is the one where we realized Wally was more than like the crazy hobo character.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just kind of funny to like
5: knowing what we know now about Wally, episodes like these are just kind of funny, you know? <laughs> well yeah, that's the other thing is this of the season one sort of county episodes, this is the one that they Made a direct, se- basically a sequel to with uh, swamp and sensibility or sense and swampability in season two. Like this is something the crew recognized. This is a dynamic we want to continue into season two. And I do hope we get at least one Wally episode in season three. Even though I know it's not going to happen, I really want it to. Oh,
4: that'd be great! Like, I mean, I love that amphibia does come in three. So, like, yeah, hopefully, like my fingers are crossed for that.
3: Yeah. Sasha and Wally.
5: Wally, Wally drags Sasha and Marcy to teach, her, teach him about the meaning of friendship.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Like, Oi oh, mm-hmm. loves? Today oh, he we'll works. play my accordion for the next five, ten hours.
3: What was that accent? I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, don't, wait.
4: I, I, I wanted to try and, like, play off what you said before you lose the next Not, like, um... Ann's friendship with Sasha and Mars, because, I mean, you, you really did get me thinking about that. Like, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like with all the context that we have now, just what we know about how things work between Anne and Sasha and Mars, I, like, I feel like just Anne trying to get away of, from being the person, like, just, I don't know, like, I, I don't have, like, a specific word to put it down, but you know what I mean? just Anne trying to get away from, like, being the joke of the group, like, being the one that no one takes seriously. I feel like, Now that we know that like Sasha and Marcy, they both sort of don't respect Anne's more emotional side, right? They sort of look down on her for having that. I think it does like, it does paint an interesting picture and just like, and sort of clarifies why she was so terrified of just coming across as a joke, right? And I I just think it's pretty interesting, like, to look back from all that context now.
5: And I mean, what was it in uh, Scavenger Hunt, Jack's Goofy. When she reunites with Marcy, like the thrawwest thing, like that was sort of her job in the friend dynamic was the goofy friend, the slack off friend who's not like collected or smart. So yes, to certain extent, and we saw that early on when she's very irresponsible and prankstery. But now, even in season one, she wants to move beyond that role. Honest, yeah, yeah. The, the generic trouble bankers.
4: And, uh, yeah, she even mentions, right, like, w- what she say? Like, your reputation is everything, right? And, you just, and we know that in, like, her dynamic, right, between Sasha and Marcy, like, they all have, like, very specific roles that play out in the group. And it does make sense for why Anne would try and, like, run away from that so desperately. I mean. Besides her just being, like, you know, like, that average teenage girl, right? We're like, yeah, they really do care about how people view them. I mean, before we actually know now about their friendship, yeah, it, it is – pretty interesting to sort of have that this episode and even then like just also just the campfire scene you know where they just talk to each other about how Anne's not back at home anymore and this is really where she can set
1: out to be who she wants to be it 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 is like a super important episode episode in retrospect and I, i like how oh what was i gonna say uh like I love how Wally had no
2: idea the Mossman was real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that has to take nice. the cake of it all. He's just completely ready to run off and have a good time with somebody and make a friend. And that's just kind of Wally in a nutshell.
1: That's so beautiful. And, but, you know... He... I mean, like, Anne can't deny they had fun. Like,
4: oh, that's no, why, like, Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why, like, I, I instantly forget like, even – even so I saw – I mean, I still forgave him. I still forgave him for that. Even so, he made you stronger along. Like, he still gave her, like, a hell of a time. So, like, I, I have no complaints he that. still
5: knew – he knew where to go. I mean, he yeah. knew where the legend was. So, yeah, he still say, yeah that's true. No.
4: Yeah. Plus, he didn't save her phone. You can't oh, – oh, yeah. I forgot well, the minister, right? But, like, you see, so – not only did he okay, so not only did he save her phone, but also her life, I'm like, I love that him was more immediately concerned over her
1: phone being saved in her own life, right? Like, that was just hilarious.: And I also love how this episode
0: didn't really rely on an antagonist
1: for the, pl- for the story. Like, yeah.
0: You could say for episodes like, like Grubhog Day." Actually, yeah, I think maybe since Grubhog Day, uh, even Civil War, in that, like, in a sense, like both like Sprig and Polly were like the antagonists of their own story, like of each other's story. Like here, it's not really the case; it's just them like just chasing a moss, like just chasing, chasing a myth.
2: Yeah, the... The con- rather than having an external conflict, there's more of an internal one within Anne. Right, yeah, like,
0: just like Anne, like, putting up with Wally's antics and just eventually, like, them bonding. That, like, that was, like, more important. They didn't need, they didn't need like, a third-act monster
1: for them to, like,
0: team up and work together.
1: And also, that, that's just, yeah, that's just, like, the sweet stuff you can get from
4: season one episodes, you know? Like, they really, they don't have, like, huge stakes in play lift. they don't have, like, they don't have to worry about... Serialization. I don't have to worry about all that stuff. And so they can just tell like a sweet, simple story like that. And, like, yeah, that's why Wally and Ann just ends up being such a fan favorite, I feel like. Like, they knew, they just wanted to focus on like the sweet bond between Wally and Ann. And like, that's it, that's, it, that's why they played with this episode. And it worked out really well for them.
5: But at the same time, I mean, it still managed to be relevant. I mean, it still managed to be exciting. And like, obviously, we've been dancing around the Moss Man. Oh, but like, yeah, yeah I talk forgot, about an episode that turns out to be very important. Yeah, um,
1: cool.
0: yeah, I think we can. I think we can get into that now. So like, we encounter the Moss Man and like, I wanted to mention this earlier, but Uzbek kind of touched on it. Like, the our first our first meeting with the with the Mossman immediately. Like, even when I was first watching this, you could tell, like, this wasn't really, this didn't really feel like it was part of this world in, like, the best possible way. And, yeah, this is that first design where it's like, because most of these creatures in Amphibia that, and the players encounter, are either, like, out for blood, like, are either, like, extremely creepy or out for blood, specifically their blood, and... It was just like a nice change of pace, where just like this random creature isn't out to like, isn't out to rip their skin off or something. Like, <laughs> and I guess like, since Sun Sun's Fury is like the, is our guest. Like, I guess what what do you, what would you like to talk about for the Mossman himself or itself?
2: Oh gosh, the Mossman. Um, <laughs> it's. Interest, I think what's really neat is just that we have this little tiny token bit of setup way early on in season one that just has a surprising amount of payoff for how easy it was for everybody to just brush it off. Because not only do we go, oh, hey, That's them in Olivia and Yunnan. Oh my goodness, there's another moss man. We saw one of those in Wally and Ann. All of a sudden, you start to think, okay, but how did the moss man get out into the wilderness of amphibia? There's a story there. What's going on? How does this connect with what we just learnt about Andreas and the past conquests? What's going on there? I think that's really interesting. And something I also want to kind of want to bring up is that the second location where Wally brings Anne to find the Man, there's a whole bunch of ruins there. And I think one of those entrances similar to the ones we saw to the factories. So I just kind of noticed that on this rewatch and that's suspicious too. So there's a story there and I don't think we'll ever quite know the reality of it. Oh, I think that's cool. Yeah, it's always,
0: like, when you see this episode, you see, like, the ruins, and it, I'm looking at the, like, as you, as, as Wally and Anne go further on their quest, like, you see more of these ruins, like, the campfire has, like, it looks like an old bell tower, because like, there's, like, a bell, like, half buried in the earth, and yeah, eventually they reach the top, there's more ruins lying around, you just... I hopefully, like I'm hoping we'll get an explanation, but like I'm not, like I'm not. I, I don't. I, I doubt it. But it's just like a nice thing in the background. Like it's you. You can you can see there was like a world before like amphibious current era. And like I I don't think we like they. Were, I remember back in the like sunsphere. I think you were, like. Do you remember back in the hiatus? Like hiatus. Was were there anyone? Was there anyone talking about? The ruins here? Because I, I think I saw it mentioned
2: once or twice at the time. I'm not sure if people were really picked up. At least I didn't personally.
5: I did. I theorized that the second temple was going to be near Waltwood. I thought the arch looked similar
0: to the design oh, of it. Right. Like, I was talking about, like, pre season two, like, back in the oh, season
5: one. Pre season two, sorry. Yeah, I, no worries. I yeah, like. I. I guess. My guess is someone somewhere noted, hey, ruins, but before uh, the Ruins of Disaster in um, Fort in the Road, we really didn't know that Amphibia was sort of this post-apocalyptic, post-industrial, that there was this society that had fallen in Amphibia um, idea. Like, that wasn't really something anyone really considered, I don't think. No. Like, it was this or this is how it's always been, not that there was
0: ruins, like, important
5: history or anything.
0: I think most of the talk at the time is around the, like, the gems themselves. Like, there was something there, but, yeah, like, the technological yeah. aspect of that was, like, like, that caught everyone off guard until Fort Fort in the Road, and that's when, like, a lot of,
1: like, a lot of discussion started picking up about, like, what happened before? Yes,
0: and yeah, so we see the moss man. He is like not part of this world. The design is
5: great. I mean, it's just it's very soft and curved in a way that most of the amphibian animals are sharp with like big teeth, and there's just that great contrast and just. Uh, character design, I guess, is what you call it.
0: Yeah, it has this, like, very calming, like, calming how do I call it? Atmosphere with, like, everything with the moss man in it. Because he's yeah. just, just minding its own business.
4: Yeah, it was a great contrast with monsters. No, are just set out to kill them. He
0: wants to grill. Yeah.
2: <laughs> On that, I think the butterflies really, really help sell it all. Because in Amphibia, like, Whenever there's something going on, you kind of notice that all of the tiny bugs are gone. They've all disappeared. Something big's happening, and that's the focus. It's scaring a lot of things off. You don't oft- we don't often have moments of the peace and quiet and little things floating about in it. Like glowing butterflies? just kind of flying about and not being threatened at all is so out of the ordinary for Amphibia in the Bush that it comes off as, okay, something different. There's something different about the moss Man. This is not normal. And, I mean, I didn't pick up on the, hey, it was from another world, but it definitely it came across as this is different to your everyday encounter. And I think those butterflies really helped it out. It helped sell it.
4: Yeah, there was like a certain like serenity around the Mossman, which just like, yeah, I agree with you there. Like it really contrasted with like this, it's like the normal nature of amphibia itself. You know, there's always something zetting out to kill you. But here with the Moss Man, it was just minding its own business. There was just peace all around it. So yeah, there's yes. definitely a lot of
5: that. And I do think it's interesting that Anne was the only one to ever, like, consistently see it. Like, Wally caught a glimpse, but it ran off as the planters approached. And it ran off when Wally was there.
1: Like, it clearly... There was... I think there's some sort of connection with Anne there. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, I like this butterfly
0: talk. Like, yeah, this...
1: Oh, sorry.
0: I... Oh, sorry. Go
1: ahead.
5: No, no, I just... Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, the yeah. yeah. Talk, it's always been connected with Anne. She has the butterfly with her mom later
1: on. So, you know. Yeah, and even just... with... Oh, yeah, like, even with the way they glow, it's like,
0: it, it feels... It simultaneously feels like natural and unnatural, because like with the glo- like without the glow, maybe you'd be able to like make out like like an actual cr- like maybe like a creature in the legs or whatever. But like when it when it just glows, it just seems like that's all there is to it. Like and maybe like it could just like I don't know. Once it like goes off screen, it just like disintegrates or something. It's not like
1: yeah. it
0: doesn't look natural either.
1: But yet, like, it somehow still works, the moss man. Yeah, there's just, like, this beauty and grace around the moss man that like, you just don't normally
4: see if other amphibian creatures, like, usually, I mean, usually it's either stuff that's going to kill them or they just gross you out, like, the, uh, like, like, the Ants and Marcy of the Gates. I forgot what they're called, but, like,
3: yeah. Barbarians.
4: Yeah, barbarians, yeah. Like, usually they're either trying to gross you out or just trying to
1: scare you off but with this. Like, it was just, you know, I don't know, beautiful. <laughs> Obviously, it's beautiful. And yeah, yeah, we had the butterflies and yep. the butterflies,
5: the ruins, oh, this otherworldly glow in its eyes.
0: Right. Okay. I was waiting to make sure like no one else talked about this, but like I only noticed this on like rewatching it tonight. But you know how like they follow like the the mossman's footsteps, and then. You see, like, you see, like, one of the, f- if, 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 the, I guess the shot focuses on one of the Mossman's feet, and then you see, like, a flower, like, you see, like, a flower still, like, standing, and I kind of, I kind of thought, like, maybe, like, the flower wasn't there before, but, like, we, we've seen in, like, Olivia, in Olivia and Yunnan, it confirmed that, like, the Mossman have these kind of, like, like, growing mm-hmm. powers,
4: yeah, the director- like they have these, oh. like, have plant,
0: plant flowers. So it's, like, maybe when the Mossman stepped there, that's when the flower came out. Oh, yeah, because hmm. I know
4: Andrew said, like, back in the, the Living Unit, he said, like, the Mossman, they were good for the, like, regenerative abilities, so, yeah, there's definitely that there.
2: Yeah, there's a bit of that in when the Mossman goes up the cliff that Anne has to scale. There's just footprints of green, greenery across, just going straight up the hill, so I think we get a bunch of that, yeah. Okay, no, right. yeah. the foot, the footprints just get to the vertical surface and just go straight up as if it walked up the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, yeah.
4: Re-watching this episode was just great. Like just knowing sort of what we know about knowing now about the lore, like just having like you know what? Because I feel like back then when you're watching this for the first time, like you're not thinking about why they make certain scenes have this great feeling of importance to them. Like, like when, they, when they get to, like... Okay, what is that area called again? I keep forgetting. Like It was, like, Misty something, right? Like Misty, Misty Moore. Yeah, Misty Moore. Just, like, how they presented that scene, you know, just straight from the beginning. Like, the different transitions they had with the mist. Like, that was just really something there. You know, we, we see, like... Uh, what, what did that... Was it a new or something? I forgot. You, you know, that one. Like, that one statue. That one, um, that one broken off statue. Like, it's just, like... I don't know. It's just, I don't, it's just great, you know? Like, they're just trying to draw you in with this environment. And, like, I feel like back then, you wouldn't be really think, be thinking
1: much of it. But now, like, there is a much greater air of importance here, just knowing what we know now. Yeah, and I mean, that is a stand. How did it escape Andris? Why is it in, in the ruins?
5: What does it. Was it trying to lead Anne somewhere? Does it recognize. And um, is there a shadow fish somewhere that escaped? I I am just throwing questions into the
1: void, I know. But, like, there's a lot this episode leaves open. Also, oh, Sunsphere, I just checked for the footprints, and you were totally right. Wow. Yeah, there are a bunch of, like, okay, wow. Yeah, that's all right there. Yeah. Which I mean, in a world with superpowers. <laughs> yeah, it just leaves a lot of questions open. I mean, we're still so, like, I, I know that we, we, I mean, we know
4: exactly why the Mossman were brought over to Amphibia now, but like, I still like sort of, I don't know, I, I still want more from this plot point because I mean, just how they presented a Wally and Anne alone, right? Like, it, it, really, it really makes it super intriguing. It's so, like, I'd love to have this place revisited, but at the same time, I'm not sure if we will, but. I mean, Matt did say a lot of season one elements will come back in season three B, so I guess fingers crossed.
2: Yeah. My kind of... My current thinking, we might not see that location again, but we're probably going to have some kind of extra reference to the Mossman. Like, this whole... There was this whole mention about season three B getting a little cosmic in some sense. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we come back to some kind of dimensional travel again outside of just amphibia to earth and some kind of big mystical moment that has some has a degree of connection with the moss men or some kind of relevance to the fact that they're here in amphibia now something along those I th- lines.
5: I think we'll be back to these ruins
1: in some capacity. This Kasachas and Wirtwood, I think any, um, any future, many, uh, uh, I think
5: Wirtwood's not done yet, and these are very close to Wirtwood. And so I think we'll see this again, I think we'll see the Mossman again. Um, I mean, it, we were reminded that the Mossman and Shadowfish are there, and Olivia and Yunan. I don't think just yes, so Andrews could talk about them at the end. I think they still have roles to play.
0: Although,
1: they A- may be minor.
0: Well, I wouldn't say it's minor, because like, I know how, like, in Olivia and Unit, we saw how, like, Andrews is pretty much, like, tearing up the place. Like, tearing the land apart. And we know the Mossmen have the ability to, like, like, they have regenerative properties. And then, even in Anne's calamity form, like in true colors, like the branches and leaves were like growing off of her. I think, uh, hopefully, there's maybe some kind of like, yeah, like I was connective thinking, too, tissue yeah. between all of them. <coughs> cool. I was looking through Fort uh, Fort in the Road to see if any of those structures matched what we got, because I know, like, yeah, I was just trying to see if there's anything hey. that lined up. I mean, part of me is like, thinking like that, like,
5: temple. I don't
4: know, like, part of me is thinking that this, that, like, all the statues, uh, like, ancient artifacts you saw here, I feel like we, I mean, not artifacts, we guess I don't know any, but I feel like, I don't know, part of me feels like that might even predate sort of the operations that Andrews are setting up back in the past. Like, I'm just, I mean, just, I mean, now we, know we might be jumping into, like, Laura's even beyond this episode, but I don't know,
1: I just sort of got that feeling.
5: I they it reminds me more of the temples than it does of Andreas's tech.
1: Actually, yeah, that's think, that's true.
5: Which I think does suggest old, although it seems to be frog-themed
1: ruins, not like old themed ruins. So I guess we'll see on that. Uh, we just we we
0: we do still know that there's a bunch of history that predates like the yeah. box itself.
1: So anything's like. At this point, like anything's possible. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
4: I'm going like, for just... all that
1: wave of reveals to be hitting us. Like. I, I just feel like it's gonna be a mess. Yeah.
0: And, and Wally's at the center of all this.
1: Oh, Wally
5: God. is the key. Wally has one eye. Sasha gonna lose an eye. Oh, I am no, very please. smart. <laughs> I am a very smart and understand how <laughs> to <laughs> foreshadow.
0: Oh man! <laughs> yeah, okay, we don't. Let's let's not let's not go there. Let's not dive into that abyss. But uh, that works. I'm gonna hold myself back. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yeah. The moss the mossman was very yeah. nice. The Mossman was great,
4: Wally was great. Oh, sorry, you go, you go. Oh, like,
0: Like, the Like, the the Mossman, like, was, like, such, like, a peaceful, like, introduction, and meanwhile, like, the Shadowfish's, like, first introduction is them, like, disintegrating
1: bones. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah.
5: (laughs) And the stuff with the mirrors, too. Um, on a completely unrelated note, um, when Wally's hat finds out, falls off this episode, he's like, oh, me iconic hat! Um
1: but we saw the beautiful
0: hair.
5: Yeah, and we saw the beautiful hair. And then in I think Sprig's birthday, he calls yeah. his hat iconic. So I guess that's kind of a callback. <laughs> you know, Iconic's hat game recognizes a Icon- iconic hat game. Hey, maybe we so, saw. I don't I, I know
4: Amphibia like I don't know. I feel like Amphibia has like a weird habit if it's like running gags, where, like, they'll try to set it up, but it just comes back up, like, only two or three times on the whole show. Like, I, like, I know, like, the, not the baby in um, the Newtopia arc.
1: I know they did Marcy the Gates and then Hopping Mall, but that was it. But <laughs> like... well, I like how, like, the Mossman is probably, like, the Mossman clearly don't,
0: like, they, they, they can live for a very long time, like similar to the shadowfish. And oh, oh, lemur, like lemur in the chat said the same. Yeah, lemur in the chat has like the same like, idea. Like the mossman and shadowfish both have like different ways of like living for a very long, like for a very long time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, life and, actually, lemur, like, that's life a great path,
4: point. Wow, wow life that and is a,
5: think That is a very good point. Cause the shadowfish they become ghosts, they live after death, and then if they see the mirror they become physical again. Whereas the moss man they grow more to avoid death. So that's really that's really a good point. Um and if we're moss. looking at rules of three, then you add in what the core did, which is sort of a
1: perversion of both. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, uh, Mossmen, like,
0: they're constantly growing, like, parts of themselves, so, like, it's, like, a regenerative cycle. Uh, Shadowfish, like, they live forever, but they give up any, like, tangible form. I'm guessing, like, the Mossmen would, like, lose parts of themselves to
1: grow new ones, but then the core is just, like, everlasting. Just, like, in... Oh, it has like it's, a super build chest age-
0: form too. Yeah, it's it's just ageless and just yeah. doesn't lose or gain any anything in it. Well, I'm guessing it gains knowledge, I guess, in this in this situation. But,
1: but yeah, just the, like for, yeah the form is style. whatever you wanna. Yeah, like yeah, because there's no
4: like
5: you lose your own no identity.
4: Yeah. There's no one like identity to the core. Like, it's just, yeah an amalgamation of, like,
0: Is multiple white individuals. It... Oh, go ahead. Oh, so, sorry, Nick, to interrupt. Like, it, does it, doesn't it seem like maybe that's why I needed a human host? Not human host, just a living host so badly? It just it needed life? Yeah, like, it, yeah, it needed, like... You could right, definitely right. make that like, argument.
5: You could definitely yeah. make the argument that it needed that proper form.
1: Plus, I feel like there were, like... I feel like, I mean, I feel like...
4: Just as, like, how Andrews is super desperate to get the box, like, they're also, I mean, after I've had, like, thousands of years of being stuck like that, they're also itching to to get an actual, like, organic body, something to actually move around with on, like, two legs and not, like, I don't know how many legs they'd
5: add, but, like, a bunch. Yeah. Well, two legs, Marcy moving around in two legs is always something of a lottery if she's actually going to stay upright. But, yes, that (laughs) general idea. Yeah,
4: Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Imagine they incorporate Mars. If they, I don't know. I don't know if I could take like <laughs> Darcy seriously. If they ever incorporate like Mars's clumsiness into that? <laughs> like,
1: I still want
5: yeah, I still kind of want to see the core like actually doing something. Because mm. yeah, we'll, we'll see. We yeah, shall I do get see. the
2: vibe. I get the vibe that it will with all with all of this calling Andreas incompetent. It's gonna happen sooner rather than later. I feel like that's
5: true. That's true, and they they want to establish it as a threatening villain.
1: Yeah, no, it is
4: super important. I mean, no, sorry, not important, but it's super interesting to think about, like how all these things work. Just like. Because, yeah, the court, it really is a combination of what you, what you took from, like, the Shadowfish and the mossman, but it's, like, a, a grotesque, like, abomination, basically.
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and this sort of... It, it had its own sort of the infusion of the sort of intellectual hubris of Newtopia thinking of... Like, the mossman and Shadowfish, by all we can tell, they are maybe smart, but, you know, they're not, like building robot cities and so sort of this infusion of this belief in their own superiority from the amphibians themselves
1: is sort of the final ingredient in the puzzle absolutely yeah and yeah i think we covered
0: we already covered Wally Nan. We were mostly in speculation, which is fine. Yeah,
1: because yes. I, I know that's that's why we left the Mossman for last. Uh, I guess did did we cover everything in in the episode itself? Hmm. I mean, I, I I guess we sort of did.
5: Yeah, I don't. I mean, we covered the Planters at the beginning and the end we covered the journey, we covered the phone incident, we covered the fire scene, uh, and doing bouldering club, and saving Wally, then and chucking
1: Wally off a cliff, then them together in the town square. So I think we did. Hmm.
4: I mean, I guess something I wanted to mention a little earlier, I mean, that's... I mean, not off-topic, but like I guess I just want to talk about like Brenda's, Brenda's songs, progressions of voice like that, because I feel like you can really feel the difference between how she voiced Anne in season one and, and season three. I feel like season three, she definitely feels because I mean this even connects to how Matt, like for me, you know how Matt like said that the official Disney age, that they're 13, but they're actually ready to be 15, 16. Like for me, I feel like with the way that Brenda voices Anne, like just let just show that the direction that she goes for, I really do feel like she's a 13 year old here in season one. Cause I mean, you sort of have that bratty voice there. But in, but in like season three, she's a lot more mellowed out, chill of things. So, and that, that's how I feel like, that, that's where I do get the vibe that she's like, you know, around 15, 16s so right there. So
2: yeah, that was just something yeah. I wanted to
4: put out a little while ago.
2: Definitely kind of follows her overall character possession. <laughs> her character progression <laughs> across from season one to three. Yeah, and just how she's changed, voice changing with her rather than the sort of more physical changes that we might be used to, like, seeing a character actively become taller over time as they grow more responsible than we might see in other cases. Yeah, but it's just like, in yeah. amphibia.
4: it's just the little things, like, how they, I mean, it, it's just, yeah, like, I, I just really do feel it, because I, I know, like, when I, like, watched the Fix and throw by, I really just felt like, wow, I and it just sounds so chill and natural here, you know what I mean? And, like, when I go back here, it really does, like, there's this antsy, like antsiness to it. There's, there's this brattiness to it. There's just this young teenage girl feel. Like I,
1: I get from it, and yeah, like I, it's just it, it really, yeah, like you said, it really does. It really does nicely connect your regression. So I guess I think we can start to wrap up. Uh, yeah, I think we can get into
0: final thoughts, like. Oh wait, sorry, I forgot about to talk about the like the final scene with Anne and Wally, where like earlier in the episode, Hop mentions like, "Oh, you better start like learning to play the accordion," and then like there's Anne at the end of the episode like playing playing the accordion yeah. with Wally.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, that was so nice.
5: Yeah. Sweet.
0: Yeah, I feel mm. like
4: yeah, this up uh, yeah, rewatching this episode really did make me appreciate yeah, it really does make me appreciate the bomb they have a lot more. I really I really do hope we get that one last Wally Ann episode in season three. Yes.
5: Or even like a sub like I get there's a lot going on, so many loose ends to tie up. But make it like a sub pot in an episode about, I don't know, Brig and Sasha or something. Give them one final send off.
2: Yeah. Oh, mm. seeing a Wally and Ann like reunite perhaps like, after like yeah, they yeah. connected. Like I feel like there's at some at some moment there's going to be a point in time where Anne and Sasha meet up with all of the war, group of Wartwood because they're going to. They're like the two main forces in season three. And I wanna see how Anne and Wally interact there.
0: Yeah. Oh man like like Anne like Anne greets everyone in Warwood again, like like hugs Wall, like hugs Wally and has like a super oh, like yeah. happy reunion, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, hey Sasha." <laughs> that's the vibe. <bottom laughs> like
5: that could be an like, interesting dynamic. Yeah. Where like, and I'm not sure jealous is the right word, but like she resents how quickly Sasha has fit in with Wartwood. Like,
1: yes, that's part... exactly
5: what I
0: wanted. Ooh. Yeah. Actually,
5: because, like, on one hand, she, like, still doesn't trust Sasha, and she's, like, worried Sasha is gonna hurt Wartwood, but also she spent all this time working on it, and, like, she wasn't that bad at the start, like, she was a bratty teenager, but, like, she hadn't done all that much wrong, and it took her months to fit in, and then Sasha, who's, like, betrayed everyone she's ever loved and whatever, does, like, one cool thing, and suddenly Wartwood's there, so I think that could be... That could be a very interesting dynamic in season three.
0: B, because oh, sorry, finish your point. You Anne, Sasha, and Warwood. Yeah, like my idea for like three B is that like Anne has to deal with Sasha, kind of like having her own adventures with Warwood and having what Anne had in season one, just us not being able to be there to see it, and then like have that play into Anne's like conflict to trusting Sasha again.
4: Dude, that's, you know, that, that's a pretty cool thing of Amphibia. They they really, do, they really do let the audience see the world through Anne's eyes. And I like the, I like the fact that they've been consistent with that, right? Yeah. So I could really... I mean, if they do that, then
1: God, like, that's going to be pretty awesome to do it. hmm
2: I mean, part of me kind of wants just the rather than having that sort of oh, I'm a bit jealous of you to just have Anne see Sasha um actually getting along with with what would, and just c- kind of just congratulate her.
5: Um, I don't know. Yes, yeah, that could be.
2: I, I, <gasps> I, I, I'm kind of hoping on that
4: for Anne's sake. Oh, oh, like watch Wally and Sasha have like their se- oh, a secret handshake right in front of Anne. Oh, <laughs> watch, what, no, they're going just, like, they just zooms up to Anne's face. and She's like just
5: broken. <laughs> He was like <laughs> was like, oh, it's cool now. I thought it was dumb and childish. Yeah,
4: yeah. I,
5: I, I do. Th- I, I get that. Like Ivy and Sasha teaming up is sort of a fandom cliche at this point. But like Sprig's reaction if he finds out Ivy is like now BFFs with Sasha. Oh shit!
4: Well, will be yeah, absolutely
5: yeah, hilarious if that happens.
4: Yeah, that's. Great. I hadn't
5: even thought of that ever. Yeah, that's oh, great. No.
2: That's great. <laughs> I have.
5: Uh, Like, just. You know, there's going to be one of those close up things where it's like hyper realistic and like Spriggs' voice drops like five octaves down. (laughs) And it's
4: going to be. Yeah, we're going to get another scene of them just crying like a little baby. I I know they did a Return of the World. It's going to be great. But yeah, I I feel like, yeah. See, that's, that's what I'm really expecting them to play into, you know, just. I feel like. I know we're getting Sasha talking. I don't know if know wants to <laughs> that a whole cosplay. I don't know. I, I feel like with these ideas, it definitely does... I feel like... Okay, I'm just going to address something from the family. But like, I, I know, like... I know, like, I've seen, like, the fans. they are kind of worried that, like, when we get back to season three, be like, Sasha, she's going to be, like, very chained from how she was in season three. Yet. But I feel like with these ideas at hand here, it's just going to be a much better way to get us used to that change, so... I mean, if they if they do play these ideas, like I'm absolutely going to love it. Because again, like they're they're playing with like the audience viewpoint, which I know is a constant. It's like
1: it's a consistent thing that Amphibia does. So I feel like yeah, they they definitely could do that with season three here. If she dies, she
0: dies. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever happens to like the Sasha like character development in season in season three, b like I'm I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, the ride.
4: I'm just I feel like they're gonna get it absolutely right. I mean, like
0: yeah, I think I think so. Guy I mean. If there's anything I have trust
4: in Amphibia four, it's like their character arts. I feel like Matt he already has he already has an idea of what he wants to do from by the end. Oh, you know, well, I mean, the show's basically done character.
5: at this point. He knows yes. what he did.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and he sounds super proud of it too. Like, I mean, he sounds super proud of it too. So, like, I mean, I, I can't even knock the man for that. So, yeah, I don't know. Plus, like, it's I don't know. We all we already have to accept. I mean, like, Sasha and Marsh are side characters. So, like, yeah, obviously, you're not going to see that day, bu- day by day progressive growth that the planter scale. Like, it, it is what it is. Enjoy what you have here. That, that, that's that's how I feel about it
2: basa besides having fewer sasha episodes when I mean, we have means we have more anna episodes and you can't say no to that yeah
4: absolutely yeah honestly as an <laughs> fan i agree there as, like honestly i would you know, sacrifice a sasha episode to give me another Wally anna episode. you know what i, mean? I, <laughs> I would
2: not complain i'm, I'm okay. done with it you don't have any more than what we have <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> no it's
0: like we've drawn a line in the sand <laughs> like you like, give me
2: ahead, one sasha it. episode a uh, half season. That's it. That's all I need. <laughs> make it a 22
4: minute special at that point. <laughs> make it a 22 minute special. Like sacrifice and sacrifice an entire 20. No, make episode 10. Wally another Wally and Anne episode somehow. Like I would love another one. I just love the dynamics. The big see-
5: series finale, and then a Wally and Anne episode, <laughs> like as the actual <laughs> series finale. <laughs> <laughs> we did it guys, we fixed the fandom
2: oh But We sold <laughs> all the ATMs You know what my who really oh, wants to man. see that? to just see the phantom explode <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, like I'm imagining like the Spongebob Patrick Meme
0: where it's like <laughs> Matt just talking to the crew like We did it, we did it guys We, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did it yeah. Oh man, That'd be great <laughs> I guess this is a good time to wrap up. Uh,
5: I guess starting with
0: here. Yeah, start starting with Nick. Any any final thoughts on this batch of episodes? Man, just I don't know.
4: Just two examples of season one at its best. Really fun episodes. Good development. Really, just a great way to like. This was Wally and was recently an episode. I, I knew it was great, but like. I never push myself to really think about it, to really enjoy it. but like, yeah, doing that here, really awesome. I really do want to see Wally and Ann get another episode of them by themselves in Season 3. And yeah, I'm just all around right, pleased with these episodes again.
0: All right, thank you, Nick. Uzbix, any, any final thoughts?
5: Uh, like I said, um, Night at the Inn is very good. Uh, I know it's gotten sort of the short shrift tonight, but Wally and Ann is absolutely a joy, a great episode all around. Uh, these are two of the episodes that, in focusing on something outside, just sort of Anne and the Planters, one individual Planter, and then Anne and the Townie, it really showed the writers coming into th- into their own in late season two, one.
0: So yeah, just a great episode. Thank you, Uzbeks. Uh Sunsphere. Any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, just like these are some really good quintessential season one episodes, and they just kind of. They come in at the point where season one is getting close to its conclusion. So it's speeding up. We see Anne really starting to come more into her own as her end of season one. Hey, I'm a reasonable person now instead of a complete jerk kind of thing. And it's great to see these two. It's great to have a bit of fun at Night at the Inn. I love the little twist at the end. Well, yeah, Anne is an all-star Great stuff. Alright, thank you, Suns Fury. And yeah, overall,
0: my thoughts on these episodes, like, Night at the End was like a poly episode, horror-themed A-tier. Then Wally and Anne, like, we, we've we talked about it even longer, like, that's an S-tier episode. like, this and Anne vs. Wild are, like, probably my favorite episodes of Season 1, like, excluding excluding, like, Toe Tax and Reunion and Prison Break, like, these are up there. 100% sure. And, like, they're only gonna age better. Like, Wally Nan is only gonna keep, like, aging better. Get
5: better, respect.
0: Absolutely, like, even once all this is over, like, Wally Nan is gonna be, like, is an absolutely, like, essential episode for, like, rewatch, regardless of, like, the circumstances. Like, you never know, like, when this episode's gonna, like, come back into play. Like, it feels like it just keeps on, like, like, we have an episode in season three that references, like, a past episode, and it's like, okay, it's a nice callback. It's like, Wally and Anne is just like, it, like, keeps on giving.
4: <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is one of those many examples where, like, past and episodes just age like wine. Just, like, all the information we have now, it's, it's not even just about the Lord. It's also just, like, the progression we got from Anne herself. Like,
1: all of that just make Wally and Anne just such a great episode. And with that like that pretty much concludes like this week's recording or like thank you guys for
0: uh for coming on uh and thank you for anyone who has listened to the very end. Uh next week or start next week this is probably going to be the last recording
1: of the year. So we'll see you guys in 2022 where we'll start off the year with what do we have next? Oh, family fishing trip and bizarre bizarre. That's uh That's a combination. Yeah, that'll be fine. For sure, yeah. So then until then, like uh
0: Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, and we'll see you guys in the new year. Say goodbye everyone. See you guys.
2: Bye. Bye. Have a wonderful time. See ya.